This podcast is brought to you by Treebird Branding, cultivating ideas from root to flight. Disney Dinks. Because what else are you going to do with all that time and money? Welcome to Disney Dinks. We're your hosts, Patrick and Dina. And these are tips on dominating Disney vacations for the dual income, no kids set. This week's top five is our list of attractions to skip. Top five attractions to skip. Patrick, what's your number five? I'm going to lead it off with... Aladdin Magic Carpets mm. at the Magic Kingdom. This is a retread, really, of Dumbo. I don't see why you need two up and downy, spinny roundy, spinny roundy rides. <laughs> They're really just glorified midway rides, anyway. Um, you know, Dumbo is the classic, so if you want to go on that, fine. That's like ordering the number one off of a menu. Like, just go for the Big Mac or whatever. Right. Go for Dumbo. And then Aladdin is like when they tried to the make the, the Grand Deluxe or the adult flavor or something. Yeah. It's not even adult, but it's, you know, it doesn't work. It's, ba- it's a bad retread. So, skip my, it. Okay, my number five is Tom Sawyer's Island, which oh. it was originally going to be Swiss Family Robinson. However, I feel like Tom Sawyer's Island is even worse because of the amount of time it takes to get to the island. And it's not a ride or anything. It's an attraction yeah. of just some old-timey stuff. And I don't know if they still do this, but at one point or another, they were letting, if you could find, if you were able to find one of the white paint brushes to represent, you know, Tom Sawyer's painting of the fence, a cast member would give you a fast pass. And to me, that's like desperate. Huh. Like to get people to go to Tom Sawyer Island. But I feel like they could do so many other cool things there. And it's kind of a waste of space. Yeah. I've never understood Tom Sawyer Island. I've never even set foot on it. It's always confused me greatly. It's because we all, I always insist we skip it. What it actually it. was. You like scoot out there on a barge. Yeah. We've been on the riverboat. Is that different? No, but it's different. Ah. It's totally different. You like stand on a plank or whatever and like huh. an island thing. They like push you out. Anyways. All right. What's your number four? Well, number four is the one you took off your list, but it's Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Because it's not... Good. Good. <laughs> it's a glorified line. You just, you're behind people the whole time, mm-hmm. walking through something that's not even that great. Right, I think it's just like they keep it for crowd control just to trick people to going yeah, in. Yeah, it's a million stairs. If it's hot at all, you're, you're going to be miserable on it. And there's really no payoff to it. So. All right. Well, my number four is in Epcot. It's O Canada, the Canada Vision in like 360, starring my beloved Martin yeah, Short. Yeah, it surprises me that you're bagging on Martin Short. It's, I'm not bagging on Martin Short. Oh, I'm bagging on the you fact might think you are that they trick you into going into a 20 minute show and you have to stand. That's the problem. That's the only. That's the only way to do the uh, circle vision. Give me a chair that spins. Those exist, but like to go, and they won't even let you sit on the floor. And so you go in to get some like respite from the heat, and to like relax for a minute. That's the only reason you go to shows in Epcot is to maybe take a snooze, maybe have some laughs at Martin Short, and sit down. So it was a real problem for me, which is why I'll never do it again. As much as I love Martin Short. Fair enough. What's your number three? We can say at Epcot, 
And this is a ride where you also get to, you do get to sit down and get air conditioning for, but for an incredibly long amount of time, it's Ellen's Energy Adventure, which, again, no offense to Ellen, I quite enjoy her as a personality. But I think the only neat thing I need to say about this is that it's an energy ride, sponsored, and... Hold on, let me guess who the sponsor is. Co-written by... Uh, Monsanto. Uh, close, right ballpark, but no, Exxon Mobil. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can, you can see where that's going. So the script is... It's super old, isn't it? It's from like 96 or something. So like that's 20 years It even looks old. It looks like you're watching... Energy adventuring the, that like we're missing Like the opening out. to the Wonder Years. But, oh. But not charming. Okay. So... I, I can't even remember the last time I went on Ellen's Energy Adventure... My number three is the Carousel of Progress because it's dumb and it's a lot. It's like a long show. The song is. is kind of an earworm. It gets in your head, and at least you do get to sit down. But like, it's not that progressive. I mean, I guess like you get to look back through time and like the path of communications. But like, you kind of get a better version of that, anyways, in Spaceship Earth. Yeah, I I find some of the set pieces. Somewhat charming. I don't know. I don't, I don't, hate, I don't, I don't hate, need, hate it. I don't need to do it ever again. I'd much rather like. It doesn't who... offend me like Ellen's Energy Adventure does, because then I just get mad. Oh, I get mad at Carousel of Progress. Really? Yeah. Huh. All right, my number. Oh no, what's your number two? Number two. Ooh, we're, we're gonna. I think we're gonna spend some time in Tomorrowland here. Number two for me is Astro Orbiter. So, That's my number two. Okay, similar to Aladdin Magic Carpets, same idea. You can t- I don't like these rides that just go in a dumb circle and go up and down. And then put it on top of a building. Right, so this one's higher up, but you have to go- take an elevator to get up With there. With a slow load in time. It's totally slow load time. You're going to waste a solid hour, I feel like, trying to get in and out of it. For- and the heights. See, I don't mind the heights, but it's not good. <sighs> no thanks. They're not just- into it. She wants to go around in a small circle. Not me. All right, what's your number one? Tomorrowland Speedway. Oh my god, that's mine too! Uh, I also wrote down the Yesterland Speedway. <laughs> There's a lot of things in Tomorrowland that I feel like we're at this point in our, you know, in our culture yeah. that Tomorrowland isn't so tomorrowy anymore. It's the visions from the 60s and we need to like... Right. Maybe, and like that's kind of like some of the things they need to do at Epcot too. But that, like technology is moving so fast that it's not so tomorrowy. True. Um, but yeah, the speedway. The speedway is a dumb. giant waste of space. Literally, who wants to go six miles an hour on a track? On a track. We can't even. You, and you're not even master of your own destiny. Gas powered. It's loud. It stinks. Yeah, it's a waste of space. I would it's like an to eyesore, see them. Is what it is. Do a thousand other things. It doesn't even have to be Tomorrowland related. It could even be like an extension of Fantasyland. Or I heard there's like rumors about a Tron roller coaster, maybe. But yes, we'll talk about that. I guess more during our rumors. Some sort of Tron coaster in in Shanghai. That's apparently that like awesome. Very cool. Yes. Hmm. Um, so that could fit in over there, but yeah, Tomorrowland overall, I mean, other than Space Mountain, which you also hate, I mean, it's got the People Mover, that's the Redeemer right there. People Mover and, um, the Astro, oh uh, yeah, Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear, right. those are the Redeemers, but Stitch isn't good, 
Stitch is not good. And we haven't been into the laugh for I didn't yet. say to skip it because at least it's trying to do something. Whereas... Well, the original thing that Stitch was that doesn't exist oh, yeah. anymore. The alien thing. The alien encounter. My mom and I did it when it had first opened years ago. And it was truly terrifying. It was one of the most insane experiences I ever experienced. And we did it for the first time, like, not knowing it. So then the, like, toned down Stitch version just sucks and I don't even like being afraid but like the alien encounter one was was better hmm. well alright so that's what Sweeks there you have it top five attractions to skip now here's your chance to get the best of me hope your hand is hot come on clown let's see what you've got you try to slam me with your hardest stuff, but your double whammy isn't up to snuff. I'll set the record straight, you're simply out of date, you're only second rate. This episode's topic, main topic, is the Monorail Resort Rundown. So we've already strong-armed you into staying on property, so we got that going for us. <laughs> But you've still got dozens of lodging options to choose from, in theory, if you're going to be on property. But you don't really. Because we're going to say you've only got three choices, really, when it comes down to it. This is listed clearly in the credo, so you already should see what's coming here. And it's also, spoiler, in the title of the podcast. Right. You're going to be staying on the monorail. As a dink, this is what we do. So you've got the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian and the contemporary because they're serviced by really the only efficient mode of transportation at Walt Disney World. Um, the monorail is not only efficient, but it's also cool. <laughs> and um, it kind of smells like hay. Yeah, it's getting old. People are like, oh, it needs a refurbishment. No, it doesn't. But it's fine. And it's so expensive to build um, that it's... Yeah, that's why they're not adding more. No, that's why they're, they're doing a whole gondola system now instead of adding to the monorail. Rumored. Rumored. We'll talk about it's, it in our rumors episode. But anyway, it's really about the access, convenience of having the monorail right outside your resort's front door is going to save you so much time and energy that the additional cost of staying at these properties is going to more than outweigh the savings in time and in getting done what you want to do during your Disney vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we know that we had mentioned previously that we do recommend that you have a car while you're staying on property. So, like, what's the point then of staying on the monorail? Yeah. I have a car when you guys are advocating for... How much for, transportation do I need? Right, scooting back and forth. To park, well, a lot of transportation if you're going to crush it like we do. Um, so, you can't really drive to the Magic Kingdom. You still have to park and get on the monorail anyways. Right. And that takes a while to do, especially like some of the monorails, you know, can if you just miss it, it can take a while for it to come and then for you to get on and ride it. So, you know, we recommend... Even though you have a rented car that you stay on monorail. Right. And a lot of folks say, well, what about Boardwalk? It's so nice. And it's, you can walk to Epcot. No. Nice try. Just go with this on this one. Epcot is not the park you want the most access to. Epcot's no. great. We love Epcot. Who doesn't? It's a distant it's, second. It's Yeah. I, well, maybe. Yeah, I guess so. It depends. Depends on the day. But... Magic Kingdom is the main event. You want the most access to Magic Kingdom. Exactly. And you have just as easy access to Epcot. Right. It gives you number one and number two. Yeah. And and having access to number two, Epcot, without number one, which is the whole point of Walt Disney Girls is, is the Magic Kingdom, doesn't make any sense. No. So 
Monorail or bust. Monorail or bust. So using our own Disney Dink developed five-star rating system, we're going to walk through, you know, how we've rated the Contemporary, the Polynesian, and the Grand Floridian. However, first, I just wanted to do a little bit of comparison for some of the other off-monorail properties, just to give you an idea that we have some facts. That back up our claims about time versus money. Right. Not, um, all, not all hot air here. No, it's not all hot air. We've done our research. However, the estimates are just estimates. You know, like the pricing for Disney changes all the time. I can't say these are evergreen numbers. Right. Only people that are 100% accurate about their pricing is Disney. Yes. So we'll leave it to them. But this will give you a good idea. Changes with the wind. Yes. yes. Okay. So for the Disney's All-Star Music Resort, we're going to start at kind of the bottom. Um, and the a standard room can run about one hundred to two hundred a night, depending on if it's a value or holiday. And we have all of this listed out for you too on the blog at DisneyDinks.com. Um, however, so it's only 100 200 bucks a night. It's gonna take you thirty or twenty seven to forty three minutes is what we clocked to get to the Magic Kingdom. So all of the times on here too are how to get to the Magic Kingdom. We are not gonna list out all of the properties. This yeah. is enough just to prove our point. So if it's going to take you 45 minutes to get to and from the resort, how are you supposed to take a siesta then? Can't do it. Which is the the main point of self-care. Unless you're siesting on the bus, which you can't really do. Which Right, and you're on a bus. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so the next one is Disney's Art of Animation Resort. Okay, we're going up a level. This one is 150 to 250 a night for just like a standard room. Uh, and this one takes you almost the same amount of time. It takes 22 to 44 minutes to get to the Magic Kingdom. So again, like if you're doing Magic Kingdom and then going over to another park, that's an hour and a half of travel time Right. for your siesta. And so, if you're trying to rope drop and get there for rope drop. How early do you have to get up to rope drop right. then? And if you're staying till end of night, so if you're staying and they have like a midnight or a 1 p.m. closing. Yeah. That's what I meant. A midnight or a 1 a.m. closing for extra magic hours. You're going to be on that bus until 2.30 in the morning, and then you're going to have to get up at 4.30 to be able to make it to rope drop the next day. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Please don't do this to yourselves. Okay, the next step up, we have Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort. That's 180 to 300 per night. And your travel time to the Magic Kingdom is getting a little better. It's 15 to 32 minutes. So as the prices go up, The travel time goes down. Ooh, a trend. Disney knows what they're doing. They do. And so, you know, again, like, if you want to be able to crush it two parks a day, and we're just saying worst case scenario, too, on all the timing, because I don't see 15 minutes happening for for this, really. I think that's being really nice. Yes. Um, And so, like, if you're going to be a half hour on these buses one way... If you're hitting up two parks, that's two hours of your day on a bus. Right. No bueno. No. Okay, the next one is Disney's Port Orleans Resort, which is great. I stayed there, but we were on buses all the time. So that one's 215 to 320 per night, roughly, for a standard room. That one is 17 to 38 minutes um, average per one way to Magic Kingdom. Next is Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, which people love this place. It's yes. always rated the number one resort. For it's definitely somewhere I want to stay when I have when we have a few days when we're not trying to crush it. If we every just had like day. an extra several days at Disney, 
Right. Um, if we were in sort of relaxation mode, because I hear it's lovely, and it, you know, it'd be very well, nice. Yeah, all of the features and amenities there are amazing, yeah, and that's it's why beautiful. it's always listed the, as number the one. The food there is great. Mm-hmm. You know, you pay a little extra, you get a Savannah room, you can have your coffee and look at animals. Which is really cool. I mean, that's really cool. So, yeah, anyways, a standard room for Animal Kingdom Lodge is 350 to 600 a night, and it takes you 19 to 37 minutes to get to Magic Kingdom. Right. Too long. The Yacht Club, and these are also the best case scenario. There were some other like scenarios for how to get to and from parks. I went with the best cases on these. So anyways, moving on. The Yacht Club Resort, which is a deluxe resort. Same with the Animal Kingdom Lodge. It's, my information on here is wrong. Yeah, that's not right. Hold on, hold on. Yacht Club's got to be. No, I put it in here. Three to 500, right? At least. It's. Yacht Club is four hundred and fifty to a thousand. Oh wow! Yeah, it's very expensive. It's very chic. Really, it's, it's a deluxe. It's really cool. So it's four hundred fifty to a thousand a night, and it takes you nineteen to forty-four minutes. So that's your benefit of being at on Epcot that you can walk to Epcot is that it takes you forty-four minutes to get to the Magic Kingdom. Again, I don't know how you're going to be able to plan a proper siesta. With these time with these time travels, so hopefully we've done enough to sway you, so that you understand like the timing of these properties and how much that eats into your Disney vacation. I would much rather spend that time relaxing, maybe having a Dole Whip, maybe having some wine, putting my feet up, than sitting on a bus. Right, and the monorail resorts are the monorail resorts for a reason. I mean, they're the big three. They're the they're the, they're the number one seeds. Yeah, I mean. These other ones, you can find a dark horse in there, sure, but when it comes down to it... These are the show ponies. They are. Okay, so let's start with the contemporary. So this one is, and we're kind of going in order of price again, just like the other ones. So, Or we're also going around the monorail, you know, clockwise from the Magic Kingdom. We sure are. Let's stop at monorail stop number one. Number one. The Contemporary. Disney's Contemporary Resort. Okay, so that one is going to run you about 450 to 650 a night, and it takes 10 to 20 minutes to get to the Magic Kingdom, because you're going around the monorail. To get right. home, it's two minutes. Yes. So. But the Contemporary also has the added benefit of being the only one you can walk to the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Which, so yeah, you can cut that 19 off right. if you just want to take a couple steps. It's about, yeah, it's about a half mile walk, which you can do in, you know, 10 minutes at a good pace. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So uh, another effect that we included were number of rooms, which I don't know why I found, I felt like it was interesting. So the Contemporary has 655 rooms. Right. So those rooms have, so here are our seven criteria um, for oh, these, yeah. good thing to mention for these ratings. So we start with room size and comfort, and we'll announce each one as we as we do. Ooh. So room size and comfort at contemporary, nice, ample, um, coming in at four hundred thirty-seven square feet. So that's about as big as you can get at uh, Walt Disney World. They have been refurbed in twenty thirteen, um, which I think has really added some some panache. Um, to the rooms. They're very sleek and modern, as you might expect. Uh, on the flip side of that, though, they can also feel a little cold, a little impersonal. 
Well, I mean, to me, it doesn't really have that, like, Disney-esque feel. It has, like, a W feel. Yeah, it feels like, it kind of feels like you're staying at a nice business hotel. Which I think is what they use it a lot for. Sure. For people that are there for, like, different conventions and stuff. A lot of times they put them up at the contemporary. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you've got sort of your clean lines, your flat panels... They have some sort of like futuristic hearth feature underneath the TV that's supposed to look like the, you know, to add some warmth. They put throw little pops of color in there with, you know, yellow pillows and stuff. Um, the bathrooms are nice. You're not going to lack for comfort in those rooms at mm-hmm. all. Um, but you're also not going to necessarily feel like you are in a Disney property. And for some people, that's... Maybe kind of what they want. Actually, a lot of dinks probably would like that. Yeah. To be like, let me stay at the adult property at the contemporary. Right. All right, let's say the rating. Uh, so, yeah, overall, especially after that refurbishment, we're rating them at a 4.5. Just for rooms. Out of 5. Yeah. Yes, for room size and comfort. 4.5. So our next category that we're judging these properties on is magic. magic. Because that's part of why you go to magic. That's part of why you go to Disney World is for the magic. So there's certainly magic to be found in a resort where the monorail glides through the main lobby several times an hour. Um, but neat. it is. And like the famous A-frame profile is certainly, you know, grown to iconic status. Um, and there's something to be said about, you know, stepping outside your door and gazing down upon the tracks beneath you. Yes. And so the magic, you know, it's not completely lacking. Oh, and there is that gorgeous mural, which I think comes up in theming. Uh, yeah. It is. Okay. So the magic level we said is a four. So there is something cool about the monorail yeah. that's very Disney, that's it's, magical. It's very monorail dependent. The monorail, if the monorail didn't run through it, it right. would be probably like a three. Yeah. Or maybe two and a half. Who knows? Or maybe, maybe lower. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so the next category is theming. So the theme is a bit like Ex Machina without the murderous robot. Spoiler alert. The 14-story open-air Grand Canyon atrium, all balconies and terracing... White rectangles and black lines is adorned with the 90-foot-tall Southwestern-themed Mary Blair mural, the lone outpost of color, and an otherwise monochromatic version of the future. I love that mural. Every time we go in there on the monorail, I always like to check it out. It's so lovely. Yeah. Well, it's literally the only thing of interest to to look look at. at. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just, you know... 1984 in there, I feel like. It's very... It can be... Here's the thing. The camera can feel very Big Brother-ish to me, I feel uh-huh. like. Like Mazarasha look. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a... It's like the, a bad version of the future in some respects. Kind of like a sad one. So, so for theming, we rated it a three. Yes. All right. Go for the next category. So amenities... And amenities at all... Three of these resorts are going to stack up pretty similarly because they, again, are deluxe resorts. Yeah, I can't really speak to the amenities at the right. music resort where I just read recently that they're considering giving out gift cards if you to Disney if you opt out of the mousekeeping service. Oh. Which, huh. that could go really weird really fast. Yeah. Well, especially if there's kids involved. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so at the at the contemporary, you're gonna find ample dining, you know, shopping. You can buy sundries. You can do laundry. There's a fitness center. There are jogging trails. An um, artificial beach. Artificial beach. There's a. It's got a full service marina. All these are on Seven Seas Lagoon, obviously. So you can you know take boat excursions, which is nice. 
Um, the, the differentiator of the contemporary is they have a game station arcade, which could be fun in theory, although it's not free. Um, you have to put real money into the arcade, so that could add up fast. Um, and several of the boating editions do depart directly from the contemporary. Like the, there's that pirate cruise. We've never been on it, but I know there's like a pirate cruise that's popular. And maybe the boating thing that we're going on that you say we're not going on. Yeah, is there. I'm, I'm still not think that's departing from the contemporary. But yes, other ones do. So overall amenities, you're going to be taken care of there. Overall rating four and a half. Mm-hmm. So moving on to pools. Again, all the monorail resorts are going to have two pools. This is a consistent thing that Disney does. You've got your big feature pool, and then you've got your smaller, as they deem, quiet pool, right? So the contemporary, the big, actually it's called the feature pool, which is funny. Um, You know, it's got your hot tub, it's got your kids' play area. It's got a fairly underwhelming water slide. Um, The whole pool I see in a contemporary I find is very underwhelming. It's just kind of like you know, resort pool. Yeah, you could get that anywhere. There's nothing too magical. The theming, again, is lame. Um, There's nothing fun about it, necessarily. It meets a need. You can get in and get wet. Um, (laughs) Other than that, you know, it's not, there's nothing there to lure you in. Like, oh, let's have a pool afternoon, you know. So for that reason, it gets a two and a half, Mm -hmm. um, which is one of our lower ratings. And then finally, for dining at the Contemporary, California Grill is the clear headliner. It's, the, it's one of the, the better restaurants in all of Walt Disney and World. And one of the hardest ones to get a reservation yes. for because people like to get up there and get their reservations to be able to watch the yeah, fireworks. Yeah, it's on the 14th floor. It's got great views. Other fireworks in particular. The food's very good. Um, but then, you know, you've, you've got a pretty significant drop-off after California Grill. And the other thing about the contemporary is you've got the, the Chef Mickey's downstairs... And um, that's like character dining central. So you have a lot of people coming, streaming into the contemporary to go to Chef Mickey's because that's like Mickey, Minnie, Donald. It's like character classic. Yeah, like classic Disney guys and girls. Um, Anyway, so you never would eat there unless you had kids, really. Or unless you were like a furry. True. It might get a little furry action. (laughs) Um, So... There's that, then they have the Wave, right? Which is their table service option. And I don't know much about it. Except I know something about it. It feels, again, like a business lunch. I know something about it. One time we were, I was eating there with my parents, and my mom like got up to go to the bathroom, and all of a sudden someone came back to our table and was like, was that late? There was a lady with you. And they were like, you need to come with us to my dad. And I just had to sit there by myself for like a half hour not knowing what happened. And finally... Um, they told me that my mom like passed out on the way to the bathroom. She <laughs> like, I don't know, like I guess vertigo runs in, in the family. So you can look forward to this later in life. Great. But like the the vibrations of the monorail made her like basically seasick, and she like got oh. white and like kind of like she didn't like fall over. I guess she like leaned up against a wall and kind of like slumped down and like sit like was on the floor. I laugh because I can picture your mom doing. <laughs> you this. know her right. But yeah, she's just very sensitive to subtle yes. vibrations. Well, those are not. So if you're prone to, to motion sickness, maybe avoid the hotel altogether and especially the wave because it's right there by the monorail. Those are not sympathetic vibrations. Uh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, all right. So did you give your rating yet? 
No, I'm not done. There's oh, a lot of dining geez. at these places. Uh, quick service, you've got a Contempo Cafe, which is fine. Um, and then I feel like the only other redeeming factor here for the adults is the Top of the World Lounge, which is in Bay Lake Tower, which is the um, Vacation Club Villa section. Um, but that's like, you know, a lounge on the top of it, which could be nice in theory. So overall, because of the drop-off of the California Grill, they get a dining rating of 3.5. Very good. So next category that we're judging on are the grounds. So the best thing we can say actually about the contemporary grounds is that they're a 10-minute walk from the Magic Kingdom. Uh, otherwise, you know, they're pretty boring. Of course, they're very well manicured and maintained. Uh, they just really lack the otherworldly and immersive quality of the Polynesian as well as the capacious resort-like feeling of the Grand Floridian. So mostly right. you're just, you know, you're surrounded by a trio of large monolithic buildings yeah, with water views. It's kind of like the pools. It's like, eh, do it, is it awesome to be here in general? In, no. No. Not, not really. So we gave the grounds a two. Really just a snoozy two. Snoozy two. So our overall rating then for the contemporary. The average all those seven together. Is a 3.43. Out of five. Out of five. So better than half. So the biggest draw of the resort is that the monorail passes right through, or if you get seasick, don't maybe that's a problem. Um, and which begs the question: Does that make you a tried and true destination, or something of a parlor trick? Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I think that's the question that confronts any any real. Any real honest evaluation of the contemporary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the rooms are very nice. They're large, yeah. coldly elegant, uh, but the location is hard to beat. And this one, you know, if you're looking at, you know, cost, and if you don't care so much about the other things, and if cost is your only deciding factor, then this is actually the top recommendation for you to go to. Right. And if, if you're the kind of dink who wants a total break from Disney theming when you return to the hotel this, this is a good option this is a good option because you're not gonna you're not gonna feel very Disneyfied um, once you get into your room mm -hmm. so the next one is a real crowd favorite the Polynesian woo woo. so this one is 500 to 800 a night to, you know for just a standard room right the travel time to the Magic Kingdom is 8 to 13 minutes uh, the number of rooms is low. It's only 483 because they actually took half of the Polynesian and converted it into uh, the villas. villas and vacation club condos. Right. Also, this this resort is always popular no matter what, but it's especially popular right now because of Moana. So if yes. you want to get in at the Polynesian, we recommend getting those reservations earlier than, than you normally would because of the popularity of this resort right now because that movie was so good. Uh, it was, and we, and it also went through a recent refurbishment. Oh, yeah, because we had stayed there once during yeah. the refurbishment, and then we got to go the next year right, right after and stayed there, and boy, it was a spectacular job. Yeah, our, the lobby was still being refurbished. I think our room had already been refurbed, mm -hmm. but if you are looking to save a few bucks and if you can handle, you know, some of 
construction and convenience. We got a good, really good deal that time. Yeah, we did. Um, well, that was when we... No, that's not true, because we had stayed on the monorail before that, but that was the first time we were like on our own, on our own. truly dinking it up, Yes. and had some great savings to be able to do so. All right, so talk about room size and comfort. So the rooms of the Polynesian are 415 square feet, so they're still plenty big. Um, these are the only three properties, I think, at, at Disney that are over 400 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, they are really, really comfortable and aesthetically pleasing. Um, they do a great job drawing on the resort's overall Pacific Island theme. Um, they make you feel like you're entering kind of a, fe- a fun and well-appointed escape every time you walk through the door. It is very relaxing. It is. I just I like the colors. I like the you know it's it's not cheesy. It's warm. Um, yeah, it's just emotionally warm is what I mean. It is. It's you, just, there's plenty of air conditioning. Right. <laughs> It's just fun. Um, so I am giving them a five out of five on room, room and comfort. I agree. They're big and comfortable. Like, what else could you ask for? Next category is magic. So this is the only resort where you get laid upon arrival, which adds an extra touch as you enter the guest ceremonial house and are greeted by the giant smiling tiki man holding court at the center of the open air lobby. The... Great ceremonial house. The great, what did I say? Guest. Oops. <laughs> the great ceremonial house. Anyways, the otherworldly aura of the Polynesian grabs you quickly and doesn't let go, enveloping all your senses, whether you're taking in a luau, lounging by the lava pool, or grabbing yet another Dole Whip from the pineapple lanai. So this one we gave a five out of five. All right. So next up is theming. Which is, you know, really the, the dream of the South Pacific is alive at the Polynesian. It sure is. So from the names and architecture of the 11 iconic longhouses to the island statuary, palm trees, bubbling fountains and brooks, the countless tiki torches dotting the landscape, the Polynesian truly transports you to another world. More a fun and loving tribute than mere kitsch, the Polynesian succeeds in celebrating the look, feel, and atmosphere of this far-flung corner of the world. To that, it's we also rated it... A five. A five. It's the best themed... I mean, Animal Kingdom, or whatever, Lodge. Animal Kingdom Lodge. But we're talking about best theming but, on the monorail only. Yes. This one clearly... I'm just saying, it's, it's... I'd say the two of them are probably tied for the best theming in the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it easy to do a Polynesian theme? Probably. It's very specific. Yeah. And they do a great job of it. It's not hokey. The devil's in the details. And, you know, and because the property is so expansive, um, it does feel very enveloping. Mm -hmm. So um, moving on to amenities. Again, you're going to find shops and eateries, just like you will anywhere in the great ceremonial house. The only thing they don't have is they don't have their own exercise facility at the Polynesian. Um, I don't know a whole lot of people who are, you know, gung ho on. I mean, you get plenty of steps on, in hitting the gym at Disney World, which is um, probably why they figured if you got to do it, go over to the right. Grand Floridian, you can do that instead. Yes, you're allowed to use the Grand Floridian's exercise room if you're at the Polynesian. Um, it's one monorail stop away. Or, I mean, you can walk over there too in ten minutes or less. Yeah, it's not far. Um, but again, there's lots of water centric amenities here. They've got the beaches fronting the lagoon. They've also got a marina. Beach volleyball, um, 
jogging trails. They have an outdoor fire pit. Uh, they show movies at night outside. You can watch the electric water pageant go by, and really you can for many of these resorts. Um, they also have a really good kid uh, zone, Lilo's Playhouse, and that's maybe not as relevant to the, the classic dinks, but to the parents listening, um, that's kind of to like... To the former dinks. You can, you can drop your kids off there and pretend you're a dink for a while. Yeah. And, you know, the, the staff will, will watch them for hours on end. So overall, amenities at the Polynesian were giving a four. Fair enough. Um, pools. So their main pool is the lava pool, which is really cool. Um, you know, it's a giant volcano, as you might expect. It's, and it has like a beach entry. Yeah, it has a beach entry on one end. Um, it's huge. It's giant. It's, it's loomed over by a big volcano. Which, What's funny though is when we stayed there during the refurbs, we got to actually watch them take down the old volcano oh, yeah. piece by piece. And that was labor intensive. Yeah, they were really up there for all. But they took it down in the time that we were there, right. staying there. So now the new one that they built is awesome. It houses. Um, it's got a 120 foot water slide, which I have been on many, many times. Which is, it's super long, it's way longer than you expect it to be uh-huh. um, for a pool slide. You're on it forever. And then there's a cool grotto underneath. Yeah, with, with like a like waterfall. Waterfalls. You can stand under the waterfall, and which is always fun. Beat your back. Beat your head, beat you by the head and shoulders. <laughs> um, you know, it's got a bar, pool bar, of course. Then there's the Oasis pool, which is kind of an inner courtyard among the longhouses. That's quiet pool. Quiet pool. If you don't want a water slide and a waterfall and kids, then we can go there. Um, and then what's really magical, I feel like, is at night when all the tiki torches are lit and people are still in the pool. Mm-hmm. It just gives a really nice atmosphere. So overall pools rating is a 4.5. Very good. Moving on to dining. Um, dining at the Polynesian is not as fancy as the Grand Floridian, which we'll get to next. Um, but it's still very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kona Cafe is one of our favorite moderate table service restaurants in all of the world. Yeah, which you can find on the hot list of Disney Dining, where we yeah. list out all of our favorite places. And Kona Cafe is on there. And what are those like rolls called that they have there? Tung- no. They have like Hawaiian rolls at Kona Cafe, and they're huge. They're like they have little honey on them. You don't remember? Hawaiian rolls? They do. They have like these massive... Anyway, it's not like you need to be eating a ton of bread, but... Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Like for the bread. The bread. Service, yeah. The Kona Cafe is really good. King's Hawaiian rolls. That's what it is, but bigger. It's like a King King Hawaiian roll. It is, yeah. And I think it's slightly, probably more caloric somehow. Probably. Um, So no, Kona Cafe is a great bet for, um, for moderate table service. They also have Ohana, which is super fun group dining. You know, hard to get into. Really hard to get into. Super popular. People, you know, stream from all over. But we'd much rather go to Ohana, like as a, a couple dinks. It's super. You know, it's fun. It's kind of dinner and a show. There's fire. There's you know grilled meats and performers and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's not like a bunch of weird furries um, and loud noises. Um, so that's great. Spirit of Aloha dinner show we have gone to once. And that's kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. It's worth doing well, once. Well, the first half is like a weird skit. But the second half 
is when they come out and start like twirling fire. Yeah. So if you can, if you're okay, you know, getting through the first skit. Yeah, they part. It, it, probably, it needs to be rewritten, I think. Yeah, I mean it's nice, and there's hula dancing, and uh, you know, but like the fire, the fire dancing's fun. Yes. I don't feel like I need to do it again. No. I'm glad we've done it once. It's good to do it once. So the final feather in the cap of the Polynesian dining is Trader Sam's Grog Grotto, which is a big fan favorite. This opened a couple years ago. Um, it's kind of a very adulty little magical layer full of fun tropical drinks, um, rum-based, fruit juice-based drinks in all manner of cool like tiki mugs and tiki glasses that you can buy and take home and you know they have like the big drinks that you can have like straws and drink out of coconuts and they have small plates in true spirit of aloha is the pineapple lanai yes the pineapple lanai is a huge huge win for the polynesian it's the only place that you can get a dole whip outside of adventureland so when Adventureland closes, when the parks are closed and you're at the Polynesian, you basically have not 24-hour access to, the, to Dole Whips, but pretty close. My nieces prefer the Polynesian for no other reason except for access to Dole Whips. Yes, they average 13 to 18 Dole Whips per day. It feels like per trip, but maybe it feels like per day. Um, okay, so, so what's your rating? Dining overall, 4.5. Some great options. There. Yes. Okay, so for the grounds, uh, don't feel the need to pay extra for the theme park view at the Polynesian because the tropical grounds spilling forth in every direction are some of the loveliest at Walt Disney World. No matter what room you're in, you have a nice view. Yes. Uh, the property itself is quite expansive. Yeah, it's it's quite a labyrinth. And so if you're you know wandering your way... Uh, through on the way to catch the monorail to Epcot or if you're trying to find the you know Polynesian show actually funny story is my grandmother once got lost at the Polynesian with two of my cousins when they were little because she they went to the 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 show the spirit of Aloha show and got lost on the grounds so you know make sure you know where you're going they're absolutely gorgeous it's very lush and it makes you feel like you're actually on some form of, you know, getaway while you're at Disney. So for the grounds, we obviously had to rate that a five. Yes. And it is nice that you can walk to the transportation and ticketing center, which is where you get the Epcot where monorail. Where you get the Epcot. So you're kind of, it's right there in the middle. So you can take the monorail basically either direction from the Polynesian without having to transfer. Yeah, which is nice. A, a real boon. So our overall our overall rating for the Polynesian is a 4.71. Super high. Very high. The Polynesian has been a Disney World mainstay since 1971, and for good reason. It's a classic concept that's very well executed and continually benefits from thoughtful updates and refurbishments. And I just think it's... It's the most fun, it's the most immersive, it's the most magically themed of all the resorts, um, especially on the monorail. Well, it's the most magically themed for sure on the monorail and amongst the deluxe ones. And maybe, you know, comparison, like the Animal Kingdom one might be able to out magic it a little bit, but it's 45 minutes away. Yes. And it it checks all the boxes. You know, you've got your dining, you've got your amenities, you've got great rooms, you've got great grounds, you've got great pools. And it's Pacific Island. Yes, who doesn't like tiki? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to 
the Grand Floridian. Oh, the Grand Floridian. So this is uh, gonna cost you a pretty penny. It's six hundred and fifty to nine hundred and fifty a night. The flagship is the flagship. And that's for a standard room. Uh, it is seven to ten minutes to Magic Kingdom. Also, one thing I didn't mention yet about the pricing that we're quoting on here: it does not include that seasonal discount that you can almost always oh, get. Oh yeah, for these Disney. are these are the rack. This is rates. the rack rate. So, so probably I should have mentioned that in the beginning, but oh yeah, well, now no, you get to know now. Right. So maybe yes. No, one, no one's paying these. No rates. one's paying six hundred and fifty a night. Yeah. We're paying only sixty six percent of or seventy percent of that six fifty to right. stay to stay there. So there's deals to be had so that you can stay on these properties and it's not, you know, completely like you know, blowing your your budget. So this one is a seven to ten minute, you know, ride to Magic Kingdom. I feel like it can actually be less than that, but I'm, right. you know, just being fair. Because be like, if you three, have monorail right, magic, yeah. yeah, and it's just there and you run up and hop on, you're right. at the park immediately. It's the first stop. Yeah. So this one's also a, the biggest of the monorail resorts. It's eight hundred and sixty seven rooms. Yeah. It's a lot of buildings. And you can almost always get a room there because it's on the more expensive side. But there's better deals to be had to get you in those rooms. Right. So the rooms themselves are the biggest uh, on property at 440 square feet. Um, So it's plenty of room to spread out, kick back, and relax. Um, they're, They're very elegantly decorated. They're comfortable. They're, you know, warmly colored. Um, they're not anything they're not exciting they're not that imaginative but they're but they're rich <laughs> yes yes they're... dark mahogany wood elegant <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> tapestries they don't they don't have a they don't have a bookshelf no, no leather bound books leather bound books um, but yeah they're they're large they're comfortable they're nice they're a 4.5 so the magic of the Grand Floridian isn't really your classic Disney magic. Instead, it's really about that feeling of exclusivity and being part of the fancy club of the most expensive. It's like Gatsby magic. Yeah. So, you know, the only time... So, And I love the Polynesian so much. The literal only time I don't love the Polynesian is when we're on the monorail and we're... We're going and picking up the people from the Grand Floridian, and right. I'm always like, "Ah, oh, crap." Yeah. That's, and then, and then once we're gone again, I don't care. I don't remember. It's yes. just I love, I love the feeling of, of excessive, money being blown right at the Grand Floridian. It's like, um, and that's a me thing. What's yeah? What's your favorite movie about the train? Snowpiercer. Oh God, that movie's terrible. Right. I don't think I have a favorite part of it. <laughs> no, but these are if you if you're familiar with the Snowpiercer, the Grand Floridian is like the people at the front of the train who are running everything and have the fancy stuff, whereas everyone else is okay. in the middle or back. Good. I can't believe that we worked, worked. That you managed to work Snowpiercer <laughs> into this. That's how no one watched that. People like it. Back to the Grand Floridian. So you know it could be the. That there's a lobby piano player. Maybe it's the pristine white architecture and noble red rooftops. Maybe it's the snappy staff and well-to-do clientele buzzing about. But the Grand Floridian feels different than any other hotel at Walt Disney World. And in this case, the magic feels a lot like money. So this one, we rated it a 4.5. 
Next one is the theming. So modeled after San Diego's landmark Hotel de Coronado, which actually, um, rumor mill, is that potentially the Grand Floridian could be getting a facelift to be a little bit more Floridian. Floridian, yeah. Because this one is modeled after does, San Diego. It so it's really like more about the Grand San Diego. The Hotel Dell, as, as the West Coasters would say. The Dell. Uh-huh. So uh, this one, you know, it has that Victorian elegance with its gleaming white facade, soaring red gables and gingerbread trim, total charm fest. It's inside a five-story open-air atrium, shines with natural light and chandeliers, and the scene is one of pure luxury. It is not what you would call a fun or imaginative or whimsical property. It's very adulty and perhaps perhaps less unique than some of the other properties. Yeah, and I'm always surprised at just how many kids are staying here because you know they're and this is probably just a fact that they have 800 and some odd rooms. So of course, but it's kind of like I feel like the parents are like, I'm staying here regardless. Like you know, this is my one thing. Um, but it's not. I don't feel like a very kid centric hotel. I don't think the kids really get it. No, it doesn't revolve around kids. It revolves right. around eleganza. Yes. And so for that, we give the theming a three and a half. Yeah. Not that, yeah, I mean, it's not like we're like looking for kid theming, but we you could have that experience elsewhere. Yeah. It's not the most unique theming. It's theming does not knock your socks off. All right, go for the amenities. The amenities are... Probably the best in, in Walt Disney World. It does have the only spa on property. Which we had massages there the last yeah. time we were at Disney, and it was one of the best massages of my life. Fantastic. And the robes that they had there were so amazing. Oh, yeah. That Patrick, bought as, a, you one. as a gift, bought me one, but they don't sell them there. Well, you had to buy one off the cruise line, oh, which yeah. is the same brand. This is a very strange um, misstep for Disney. You know, Disney, usually so good at making money. I called the spa and I was like, my wife loved a robe. Where can I buy one? And they're like, well, expecting them to be like, from us. They're like, we don't actually sell them. I'm like, what are you talking about? And everything's for sale at Disney. Right. Um, And she's like, well, we have so many people compliment us on them. I'm like, right. It's the best robe in the world. And she's like, well, you know, you can, she's like, we use the same robe as the cruise line. And if you go to the Disney store, you can buy the cruise line robe. And it, you know, it was kind of like a long rabbit trail I go down to buy a freaking robe um, but, but also should have just been selling besides the one sweatshirt we had to buy in Disneyland it's the literal only other piece of like Disney yeah Disney park paraphernalia paraphernalia we own right and it's because it serves a purpose it's yeah not, it's not you know because you like walking around with Disney Cruise Line on your lapel no I like that comfortable ass robe um, so yeah the spa's great I know can you leave, Dina, some people don't like massages? I keep hearing this more and more. People don't like strangers touching them These or something. These people are dumb. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, it's got plenty of gift shops. It has a salon. It's got the exercise facilities of the Polynesian Lex. You can do laundry there if you want. Um, it has tennis courts, the walking trails, the marina. Um, it's you, got it all. It's got it all. It's the flagship resort. you know. So it meets any and all of your amenity needs. Five out of five. Um, I agree. So we've got a pools. Their two pools are the the beach pool, which is the big kahuna. Um, and then, so that's got, again, your rock formation, your water slide and waterfall. Also rumored 
that they're going to be adding a new water slide there. Yeah, because this one is just okay, I feel like. Yeah. It's not... No, but I think that they realized how cool they were able to make the water slide of the Polynesian, and they're like, yes. well, we can double the length of that at right. the Grand Floridian. Because there's more space at the Grand Floridian, too, to be able to accomplish that. Yeah, and whereas the Polynesian is cool because it's like a Pacific volcano, it makes sense. This is just sort of like, why is there a weird rock formation? Yeah, why is there like a grotto? In the middle of Victorian elegance. It's an afterthought. Right. So, but it's nice. Serves a purpose. Um, they also have the courtyard pool, which is their quiet pool. Um, not much to say about that, really. Um, they do have an Alice in Wonderland water play area for the Littles. And, I mean, overall, I think the pools provide a lot of square footage. They are definitely nicer than the contemporary pools. Mm-hmm. Not as nice as the Polynesians. And not very crowded. Yeah. Well, again, because, well, I don't know. The, it's like the kids... I don't think the kids, other than it just being a pool, like kids want to go to that lava pool, I feel like. Yeah, but they're, they're not like itching to go no. to the pool here because it's never been too crowded when we were there. Right. So the pool's got a four out of five for those reasons. And finally, dining. Um, the Grand Floridian, I think, definitely has the best collection of restaurants of any Walt Disney World property. So it's headlined by the Grand Dame of Disney Dining, Victoria Alberts. Victoria Alberts. Um, where we will be eating for the first time this October. Very exciting. But not in the chef's table, which we weren't able to get. So, And we yeah, were a little but... surprised. I mean, okay, we'll get there one of these days. But, you know, if that's something that you have to do as a dink, which we recommend, right. this is another reason that you need to book early so that you can get that reservation. Yeah. Because they only have, like, what, like, Two seatings a night. Yeah, and, and uh, how many seats at the table? Only well, if it's, I think it's it's up to six maybe. But if you're a party of two, it's just the two of you. Oh, I thought I thought that there was like a table and we could like share with others. No, that's how they do it at Napa Rose when we did it there. But yeah, I, I so think I assumed... this is literally just like a. I think if you if you're a party of two, you've got hmm. the table by yourselves. So Sidebar: that's... We did the chef table thing at Napa Rose at Disneyland. And while that was great, the food was amazing, but we were the second seating of the night, and it's an open kitchen, and we got to watch them shut down the kitchen. Yeah, the cleanup. The cleanup and wash the whole kitchen it's down. great fun. It really was. It was like dinner and a show. <laughs> More fun than the cooking, strangely. Probably. <laughs> yeah, cooking, they were you know, flipping some stuff. They right. were busy. They were doing some things. But you should see these guys break down the kitchen. It was amazing. Um, okay, back to... Back to so anyway, yeah, Victoria Alberts. Um, where if you're into tasting menus, if you're into sort of the whole Michelin star thing, even though they're, you know, we don't have Michelin stars in Florida. Um, but, you know, I feel like if they did, Victorian Alberts would be the closest any Disney property would get to mm-hmm. earning one. Um, beyond that, though, you've got Narcoosies, which is a fan favorite. Um, we love it there. Narcoosis is great, great seafood. Um, and then there's Citricos, which is kind of a Mediterranean fine dining place in the Grand Floridian itself. Narcoosis is kind of like in a little little outbuilding close to the Yeah, it feels almost water. like a like a luxurious little beach club beach. Like a little yeah. With high not end. a shack, like a, like a cottage. Yeah, beach cottage. Yes. So those are great options, whether you're staying there or not. Um, for a fine dining dinner. And they do have their character dining at 1900 Park Fair. The thing I like about the character dining there is it's all of the uh, 
It's the Alice in Wonderland characters. Mm-hmm. Which is really on theme for the Grand Yeah, Guardian. which I find a little more palatable. I don't know, maybe it's the English accents or something. Alice in Wonderland isn't English. Well, it's written by an English person. Well, she just talks like a person. But uh, but Mary Poppins is there, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like the like fan, the fancies of right. the Disney characters. Yeah. I just feel like it has a British feel somehow. <laughs> Again. Well, it's a tea party. Right, yeah. It is a tea, so, so that makes sense. And again, but, you know, I don't know how many kids are like, I want to dine with Mary Poppins as opposed to Mickey and Minnie, but, you know, it's fine. We Children don't... love that movie. I suppose. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they've, and they've got your classic, they've got the um, Gasparilla Grill for quick service, mm-hmm. and they've got some sort of the Floridian Cafe for moderate table service, which are fine serviceable um but it's really the you know the, the fine dining trio there of victoria alberts narcusis and citricos that puts the dining over the top and makes it a five out of five very good so the grounds here are lush meticulously manicured and expansive the grand floridians grounds create a picturesque background for your vacation the resort takes full advantage of its location on the Seven Seas Lagoon, affording great views of the electric water parade and nightly fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. But, you know, they're not as exciting as the Polynesian. No. Uh, they're, they're gorgeous. And so we give it a 4.5. Yeah. So our overall rating for the Grand Floridian is a 4.43. So it scores high on all counts, um, with really the exception is kind of the theming. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit of couple of dings for like pools and magic um in short it's the flagship for a reason you're going to feel like a vip staying there you're also going to pay vip prices to feel that way uh so if you can score a deal it's definitely worth you know doing disney in the lap of luxury so you know to recap like all three properties for us polynesian rates the highest number one because it feels like a disney property and sometimes and like as Right. The way we like to dink is to feel like we're at Disney. Right. But it also has the luxury. And like I said, we, it checks all the boxes for mm-hmm. us personally. And our fine dining that we, you right. know, like to experience yes. is one stop on the monorail away. And then we hit up Magic Kingdom, swing back around and go to bed. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. The only thing that Polly doesn't really have is that fine dining option. Um, but we find that, you know, we are generally, we're fine traveling for dinner anyway. Yeah. We're mostly going to be on the road for dinner no matter what. And sometimes it's nice to get out of your resort for dinner, Mm -hmm. honestly. So, um. All right. That's the monorail resort rundown. I was going to say roundup. Rundown. This episode's question from a listener is from Jack, who asked us, I don't want to wear a magic band. Is there any way to get around it? And, well, the answer is yes. They do make a magic kind of like, um, almost like a key fob, like a key chain mm. that you can use to push up there. But you, no matter what, you have to have it. Right. There's some people that opt out of it and you can do the swipey cards. Yeah. But that doesn't, like your fast passes, your room, you can do purchases, like everything's on some, that magic band. Some people don't want to be tracked though. 
I want. To, I feel like to when which we're, I would say then don't go to Disney. Then don't go to Disney. You're going to be tracked <laughs> either be tracked. way. But also, I'm all. I want to know like. I, I imagine yeah. what, that they can see us on our magic bands, and there's a board, and they can see that this couple has covered more ground, ridden more rides, yes. saw more shows, and had more fun than anyone. Probably. And I feel like we would be at the top of that leaderboard. Yeah. <laughs> this is in my magic band fantasy. Yeah. But also, like some people, they because there's Mickey's. You have to like there's like these Mickey things that you have to hold your magic band up to to make a light turn green, and right. we'll talk way more about you know, fast passes and magic bands later. But for efficiency, some people even buy a second magic band. So they have on one on each wrist, which I think is excessive. Oh yeah. But I hear because sometimes they like change sides. Yeah. They're, they're doing away with how you can cheat the system with a second band. I hear, Cause people were gaming the system by like loading more fast passes onto a band of someone else who wasn't at the park that day. Oh yeah. It's like, all right, everyone relax. Right, and I think Disney is trying to figure out how to how to like beat that. Oh, I didn't even think that. to cheat the system, well, which I, I mean I'm too honest to do that anyways. But anyways, the answer is no. You don't have to wear it on your wrist. Yeah, you can easily clip it onto a carabiner, just the band itself, or you can get the one that's almost more like a key fob. It's like a round kind of thing. But no matter what, you still have to have it like that, and it's worth it. So just get over it. Yes, submit. Submit. To Disney's tracking of your every movement. It is time for the hot tip. Hot tip. So this one is a dink classic. Everyone needs to remember this one. Anytime you are standing in line, any line, a ride, a show, you're drinking water. ABD. Always be drinking. This is how you're going to stay hydrated for the day. This is also when we're standing in line and you're getting kind of like cranky and bedraggled. That's when Patrick hands me a Trader Joe's fruit leather. That's right. It perks up my energy. Yeah. So if you're, you don't waste your time in line, you're not going to drink enough that you're going to have to go to the bathroom. That's what you do right after the ride. Right. But make sure that you're staying hydrated. Little sips every time you're in line. And yeah, and often you're sweating so much that most of your water is coming out of your skin, honestly. Yeah, so you're not going to, don't worry about over drinking at Disney. Right, unless it's, unless it's coffee and then it's a, then you're we have cautionary tales. So our preview for next episode is pack it up, pack it in. What we recommend for certain products that we like to take with us to Disney. Um, we're not going to tell you how many shirts and how many pants and shorts to take. It's more about specific equipment that we use to help us, you know, strategically traverse the grounds of Disney parks. Right. But also plenty of shirts. Also <laughs> take plenty of shirts. Two a day. Don't forget to visit us at DisneyDinks.com and follow us at on Instagram at Disney with a one Dinks. Special thank you to Treebird Branding. That's our show today. And thanks for listening. Thank you all.